0: Guys, I'm Emma, and I'm Julie, and welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Am. We have not even spoken about Kylie changing the baby's name. By the
1: way, is it the most classic thing ever? For some reason, <laughs> like weirdly, yes. Okay, wait. So I'm sure you guys all saw
0: black screen, white writing Insta story that said, "FYI, our son's name isn't Wolf anymore. We just really didn't feel like it was him. Just wanted to share because I keep seeing Wolf everywhere." And what she is referring to is that she posted this beautiful two hour son YouTube video, very similarly to what she did with the two hour daughter video to Stormy. And it's about a 10 or so minute video that is definitely worth the watch. We'll put the link in the description for anyone that didn't see it. But of course, after this video comes out, the internet is referring to it as something to the effect of Kylie Jenner shares touching tribute to son Wolf. And so that's what she means when she says, I keep seeing Wolf everywhere. And it's like, Of course you do. How are we
1: supposed to know that that's not the name? Kylie cracks me up. She doesn't even know she's doing it, but she is so hysterically funny. Like how in God's name were we supposed to know that? I almost feel like before she made that Insta story, she went back and deleted the caption where she announced it and then was like shocked that we didn't pick up on that fact. (laughs) Right. It's like, I feel personally gaslit by Kylie Jenner's baby name change, you know? Yes, that is exactly it. Why are you <laughs> gaslighting me about your son?
0: <laughs> so by the way, just in terms of the update on the name, the original name was Wolf Jack Webster. As we know, Travis's real name is Jack. And we don't know the new name. A lot of people are speculating that it is Jack, meaning that they made what was previously the middle name, the first name. I don't really know. I'm very, very curious. But listen, I you know what? I can't knock her for it. I I know people in my own life that have done this before where they think it's gonna be one name, the baby comes out and it just doesn't fit their personality or their energy. And so they change it to another name they were highly considering. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean it's it's your kid.
1: You have to call it this for the rest of its life. Do whatever makes you happy. Do you buy into the rumors that she was essentially bullied into changing the name? No, not in the slightest. Do you, you think do? it was um, <laughs> I don't know. Like the the Terry Hembro thing really cracks me up if we can explain that for one second. Would you like to explain that? Yeah, so Tammy Hembro is a fitness influencer and her and Kylie used to be friends. And there was an incident, I believe it was at Kylie's 21st birthday where Tammy was carried out in a stretcher. She had collapsed at Kylie's birthday. There was a lot of drama surrounding it. And she had basically come out at the time saying that it was exhaustion from jet lag and she shouldn't have been drinking and it really wasn't what the media was making it out to be. A couple years after that, she was then linked to Tyga. And so Kylie unfollowed her on Instagram and they stopped being friends. As soon as Kylie had announced the name Wolf for her son, everyone referenced the Tammy Hembro relationship because Tammy has a six-year-old son whose name is Wolf. And so as soon as Kylie's baby name came out, everyone kind of reacted to the fact that Tammy's son's name was Wolf first. So there's a lot of people who feel like because of the internet reaction, Kylie kind of responded to that by changing the name.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, it's definitely possible. I just do not see it at all. I think this is Kylie Jenner we're talking about. You think she gives a shit that Tammy Hembro's son is also named Wolf. Like, t- In my mind, that was something she was very conscious of when choosing the name in the first place. And I don't think that the internet's reaction is going to make her change one way or another. I think that she just realized this was not the name we thought it was.
1: No, I don't think that she changed because of that either, but there is something absolutely hysterical about that story circulating and people really buying into that being the reason. Or if it was just something where Kylie didn't want to have any negative associations with her son's name and didn't want it to be a situation where anytime her son's name was brought up, there was a negative connotation to a past friendship or any sort of thing so i could see that being the case less so much like oh i copied her and now i have to change it like i obviously do not believe that to be the case i think the more likely reason is obviously it just didn't fit and they got home and they learned the baby's personality and they you know decided to veer course i just thought that the way the internet responded to that was absolutely hysterical in very true internet fashion
0: it was it was just hilarious and it's so evident of like kylie in the funniest way possible, really existing in her own little world and then popping out to be like, wait, guys, you didn't know. (laughs) No, we didn't know, but thanks for telling us. (laughs) Thanks for
1: telling us and then also not telling us what the new name is. I'm so curious. Do you think it's Jack? I don't know. Kylie does things in the most Kylie way possible. Like, She has really created her own brand in terms of how she approaches just everyday life. And it is something that not one other person, not one other family member can even relate to. So I have no idea what the baby's name is. Jack seems a little, it seems a little too common for me, even if it's spelt in the way that Travis spells his name.
0: I know, but there's something to be said for wanting to name him after Travis, like the firstborn boy. I could just see that being her mindset, but we'll see. I mean-
1: Listen, a name's a name. We'll find out eventually. When do you think we'll find out? What's the timetable here? I think it is absolutely so hysterical to change the name, announce that that's not it, and not announce what it is. Unless they don't have one yet. Which is also very possible. No, I think we'll get it soon.
0: I think we'll get it in the next like week or so. I hope so. I think that we're going to get a picture soon. I think it's going to be a picture either of him or like of his feet or something, and it'll be the full name.
1: Well, we already got the feet picture where she has him on her stomach, which I have to say, it's a really interesting switch to see Kylie as a mother for the second time, because I almost feel like being a mom is Kylie's most flattering angle in terms of the way the public perceives her.
0: Yeah, I kind of think so too. And actually, we didn't even talk about this, but I guess it was last week when she did that Insta story just talking about you know her postpartum journey and how she's really actively trying to be easier on herself because she sees how much she put pressure on herself to quote bounce back not just physically but also mentally and she's trying to give herself space and she was just putting that conversation out into the universe which is an important one to have and i would say that the positivity of the press she got around that was definitely far more positive than anything i had seen at
1: all recently well, exactly what I was saying like a minute ago about this little bubble that Kylie has created and lives in that only she exists in. I think that's how the internet and the world perceives her, rightfully so. I mean, she's kind of done that to herself, but anytime she steps out of that bubble and shows us something real or shows an imperfection or lets us know that she's a real person, I think because people are so not used to that, the shock factor is so much higher than with any other celebrity. So they take that so well, like they gravitate towards that realness. And a really good example is she posted the picture of the baby's feet on her stomach. It was her post baby body. And obviously that is a really important thing to show. And people really reacted so positively to Kylie showing off something that wasn't perceived as perfect.
0: Totally. And I think on one hand, like definitely the overarching thing happening here is that people pick up on that sense of relatability and they like someone like Kylie Jenner normalizing the very normal things of life and motherhood and the journey of of being a parent, all that, totally. But I think almost like a secondary thing that may be happening, or maybe I'm just speaking for myself, it's like you almost are experiencing a vicarious sense of liberation for her of how cool that must feel to finally just not have to put on the most manicured version of yourself forever. So like, yeah, f- generally I would say that it's people benefiting from her honesty in their own lives and making them feel better about it. But also it's like, wow, that must feel so great for you. And I celebrate that you finally gotten to a place where you can say that and you can talk about the struggle of the pressures of bouncing back. You've probably wanted to speak about this and n- never have felt like you could. And I don't know that that's, that's part of it for me
1: yeah i I don't know if it's necessarily that she didn't feel like she could or just didn't allow herself to or didn't want to present herself in that way but it, it definitely comes with growth and I think that's one of the things that we're seeing with Kylie being a mother for the second time is that you know when she had stormy there was so much press surrounding the fact that it was a secret and that it was such a quick pregnancy and that she was so young and I think that we saw her take to motherhood really well like I you know, and when Stormy was really little, like obviously she's still very little, but she's growing up now. But when Stormy was really little, like I remember so many people being taken by surprise by how good of a mother they felt Kylie was and how naturally she took on that role. And I feel like what we're seeing with her the second time is obviously the continuation of that, but it's a completely different phase of motherhood. There's not that shock factor of her being so young or the shock factor of her actually being a good mom. And so I think there's a level of confidence that we're really seeing now that's really exuding from her as she takes on motherhood for the second time.
0: Yeah. And it's really beautiful. I mean, listen, I, I was on my period, so I'm sure that factored into it. But I personally was hysterical during the 2 Our Son video because, yeah, you pick up on the confidence. Yeah, you just pick up on the excitement and the beauty of a new life. But also, I think my biggest takeaway of Kylie and as it applies to her motherhood journey is like, I just feel like there's such a calmness that Surrounds her. And of course, I know a lot of that comes from the fact that she has so much outside help and she's able to, you know, quote, do motherhood in a different way, given the fact that she has so many things taken care of, of course. But that aside, I'm just saying I think she operates with like a general level of calmness that I personally enjoy watching.
1: It's very Kim of her. Very Kim of her.
0: Okay, so if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, there are two things you probably know about me. The first is that I am a diehard OG Skims fan. Like, There have literally been times where we've had to pause a recording because a certain product dropped that I needed to buy. And second of all, you know, historically, I kind of just never wear a bra. So what we're talking about here is kind of merging those two things. Because listen, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm never going to be a daily bra wearer. It's just not in the cars for me, never has been, never will be. However, there's recently been more events that I've kind of had a lot of weddings and just there are some times you got to wear a bra. And when I tell you, Skims is changing the game for me because that same comfort that I talk about with the underwear or the loungewear, they did that with the bras. And recently in the past month, I've worn the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra and the No-Show Balconette bra. I had to wear that one to a wedding under a dress. And like, it was the first time in my life where number one, I wasn't miserable. And second of all, I didn't come home and just like immediately want to take it off, which... I'm telling you, it was a foreign concept for me. They're just so comfortable. It's like, I really felt like I was wearing nothing. I'm, I'm such a fan of everything that they make. So I guess it makes total sense that I love the bras, but like, I'm telling you, you will have the same experience. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. Definitely do that. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. So there are obviously so many different reasons that a person would want to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip, or maybe you just want to pick up a new skill or hobby, or maybe you're like me, and at one point you were almost fluent in Spanish, and then you kind of lost it and are trying to get it back. Whatever the reason, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really immerses you in the language that you want to learn, which again, for me was Spanish. And I was kind of Relearning, I guess I could say, because I really do feel that when I was abroad there, I had it so much better. And my dad would always tell me, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I kind of lost it. So, first of all, number one about Rosetta Stone, they have been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Second of all, it's fast language acquisition. So, they immerse you in many ways. It's no English translation. So, you're really learning to speak, listen, and think in that language, which for me, that's when I always could feel it clicking when I noticed myself really thinking in the language. It's an intuitive process, so you're picking up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it really is designed for long-term retention. Also, speech recognition, so they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient, there are desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline, and it's an amazing value. A Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com comments. That's a 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com comments today. Wait, the other thing that we have to talk about before we get into the episode, I'm sure you guys saw this, but there was a paparazzi photo posted of Pete picking Kim up from the airport. It was what we were talking about last week when he picked her up from the Van Nuys airport. And this is like some fan account that posted the paparazzi photo of them kissing in the car. And someone commented, she will be pregnant with his child by the end of the year, heart at Amy Marie, which is his mom. And his mom responds to that person and says, yay, with an exclamation point. It was then deleted, but like- I saw the shit with my own two eyes and God was that fun.
1: I think the reason that I loved that comment so much other than the fact of like fucking duh was because I think it was the first time that I had this moment of like considering Pete's family's POV of this whole situation.
0: I wouldn't say that it was the first time because in the beginning, that's something we talked about a lot, but I think it was the first time since things have taken a far more serious turn. You know, like in the beginning, we joked about how when his sister posted the photo of them courtside and Kim liked it, that we're thinking, oh my God, what is going through you know his sister's mind? But now that they're really together, I mean, he is very much becoming part of the family. Yeah. Now I definitely wonder what his family is thinking. And if they're going to be at the Christmas Eve party, like these are very real things to think
1: about. Oh my God, the Christmas Eve party. We're getting so ahead of ourselves there. Could you imagine? You say we're getting so ahead of ourselves, but we're really not. It's it's
0: March, which I know, okay, yes, there's a lot of months to go, but I don't know, Julie. Like, it's just not the craziest thing. I, I have to take this a month at a time. I'm not ready to talk Christmas Eve yet. It was fun just to see his mom comment this, which I'm sure after she almost felt guilty because she didn't mean to create some sort of a press storm. She's like the sweetest woman and was just, you know, innocently commenting. And then all of a sudden turned to this whole thing, which is why even if she didn't delete it, I probably wouldn't have said that we should post it because it just felt like we were making something way bigger out of something smaller. But it is interesting to see where her head's at and like, you know, theoretically where his head could be at.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was so much more about seeing her real seal of approval on this relationship than anything else. I think the baby was more metaphorical, but I think one of the reasons that I had this like newfound look or like the point of view of Pete's family is because I could always envision Pete being the boyfriend that comes home to the family. Like I always remember Ariana talking about the way that he was with her Nona. And that always really stuck with me. Like, because I think that was actually the reason that like I started, you know, really liking him was because the way that she spoke about how sweet he was and how welcoming he was and how he wanted to be so part of the family. And, you know, remember him walking down the red carpet, holding her hand. Like to me, that was the sweetest thing in the entire world. So I could always see that point of view of Pete coming home and like, being the boyfriend that meets the family and the family being the Kardashians. For the life of me, I can't picture Kim being the girlfriend that meets the family. I know, but it's honestly so fun to
0: think about because when you actually put that situation as a reality, which it's totally possible that Kim Kardashian is coming with Pete to his mom's Staten Island home, I actually think she would blow them away with her graciousness and her thoughtfulness and how you would probably expect her to be this... Figure that almost exists in this other world, in which in so many ways she does. Yet, I could see her coming and bringing his mom flowers and being so kind and sitting on the couch. And I don't know, just being such a real person, which is not what you think of her when you find out that your son is dating Kim Kardashian.
1: I know it didn't happen like this. Like factually, I know that this is not what happened. But when, when, Kim met Pete's mom in those really early days when they were in Staten Island and they went to the movies together and she came to his Staten Island home. The only visual I had at the time and continue to have is almost like a, my date with the president's daughter type thing where like the security goes into the home first and make sure it's clear. And then like Kim is allowed to enter. Like to me, the idea of Kim walking into someone's Staten Island home is just like That's the thing that I can't envision. Like I can envision, I guess, her sitting down with someone's mom and having a really cute, sentimental conversation. I think it was just the setting that it occurred in that makes me laugh so hard.
0: Well, yeah, because you know, for damn sure, there is a security guard standing at that front door. So like this adorable moment is happening where maybe Pete's mom is cooking meatballs and spaghetti or vegan meatballs and spaghetti for Kim, and they're sitting down and there's just some guy standing at the front door as her security. Like that is an absolutely hilarious visual,
1: which isn't so far off. Do you think Pete was like, do you want to see where I used to live and took her down to the basement? Like, yes. (laughs) And honestly,
0: I think that there's a part of Kim that probably loves that because she is so removed from that. First of all, her upbringing was nothing like that. I mean, obviously they've come so far, but she started out from a very privileged point. So let's start there. And then second of all, I think that she appreciates those sentimental things in in a way that some of the other siblings don't.
1: I can also totally see Kim really wowing Pete's mom with not just like, the overall sentiment but really honing in on like what it's like to lose a parent and how supportive she probably is of Pete and how like how much she understands the sentimental things that go along with losing a parent like i know pete has spoken about like his most prized possession being his dad's wedding ring like i think that's something that is so unique that kim is able to bring to the table in terms of really understanding the unique perspective of that that any person's mom would really gravitate towards.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, you'd want nothing more as a parent, I think, than for your child to be with somebody who like, understands their hardships, not just in a way where you care for them, but also that you can really empathize and that you have really been there. And that's not something you would always experience. So for sure, I'm sure
1: there's a level of comfort that his mom is brought by that. I would have to imagine at least. I have to say, it was when I was looking at the comment from Pete's mom I also ended up stalking his sister on Instagram and like going through her feed and I think it just hit me how normal they are like I was looking at her Instagram and it was so sorority college normal looked like either of our Instagram feeds from like the entire time we were in college like it really hit me in this moment I was like not only is this girl's brother Pete Davidson but this girl's brother is dating Kim Kardashian when you really look at the Instagram feed it fucking hits you
0: it really does hit you. And honestly, from the flip side, just from Kim's perspective for a second, I don't think she ever thought at this phase in her life, being so removed from normalcy that she would ever experience dating someone where she could momentarily be brought back to that normalcy. And I think Pete is a very, very unique case of being able to do that. And it's like wild from both. Like It's equally as wild, honestly, from both of their perspectives. Of course, a little bit more from Pete's family, just for obvious reasons. It's like, what the fuck is going on here. But yeah, it, it's it's crazy. It's so fun. It is so
1: much fun. I, I'm having the best time. I hope it continues to the Christmas party just for the sheer fact of I don't ever want this to end or don't ever want the conversations to end and the pictures to end. Like I, to me, I don't even know if it's really about the relationship as much it is about how much fun we're all having being a part of it.
0: We are having the time of our lives. Honestly, it's it's one of my favorite conversations. When I sit down with someone at dinner, and like twenty minutes in, they're like, "Oh, by the way, we didn't even talk about Kim and Pete. What do you think?"
1: It's like, "All right, it's go time, baby." <laughs> you just said those magic words.
0: The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Okay, so imagine these softest sheets you've ever felt, and now imagine them getting even softer with every wash told you guys about this company before, but I'm going to tell you again. And I'm honestly not going to stop telling you because they are the best sheets on the market. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bolin Brand sheets get softer with every wash, which I didn't take that survey. But if I did, I would have been in the 96% because I am telling you, it's like you've tried them at first and you can't believe that they could get softer. And then they just continually do. A lot of things I like about this company, first of all, they're made with the rarest 100% organic cotton and are completely free from toxins. Second of all, they're, buttery soft, but also breathable. So they kind of work in any season. They've over 11,000 reviews, 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Their signature sheets come in 13 versatile colors in all sizes. So from twin up to California King, I have them in the color stone. I have the color mineral. I have waffle blanket. Like I got a lot of things from this company and Everything is just quality. I so badly need you to try them so that you can understand what I mean. I'm telling you, I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and everyone I know is hooked. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolan Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code is CBC. Exclusions apply, Seaside for details. Okay. So we're on Courtney and Kim Take New York episode two. I loved every single second of this.
1: I was obsessed with this episode. It's
0: such a good one. It really brought me back to the days. I know some people listen to these and they don't rewatch. I'm telling you guys, this is one you're going to want to rewatch because it's going to just transport you back immediately.
1: I think that this first season of Courtney and Kim Take New York is criminally underrated because I think when you think of the spinoffs and specifically when you think of New York, you think of when Chris Humphreys comes into the picture. Like That's the iconic New York season. But this one has so many forgotten about amazing moments and amazing dynamics. And as I was watching it, it came just flooding back to me.
0: Yeah. And I'm immediately, even though I'm only on episode two, going to go as far as to say that I prefer Courtney and Kim take New York to Courtney and Chloe take Miami, the season that we had just watched.
1: Me too, because the whole vibe is different. I mean, listen, that's the thing with Scott is that when he's good, everything's good. Like it's such a reflection of the rest of the family because the rest of the family's energy matches whatever is going on in the other sisters' lives. So at this point in time, Scott is the biggest factor that can kind of sway the family one way or another. And Scott's really at his best here. And so the rest of the family kind of falls in line. Everyone's getting along. Everyone's happy to be together. And it really creates for a really fun and good dynamic.
0: Totally, totally. And so there are two main plot lines. We're not going to do scene by scene. The first one is about Kim. And basically she does the shoot for WMAG where she's completely naked and she's covered in silver paint. And she gets back from the shoot and she's talking to Courtney about it. And she's basically saying how, she was in the nude. She's like, my nipples were out. My vagina was out. She was like, but I'm not concerned because I talked to the creative director and basically they covered me in this silver paint. And then in post-production, they're going to put all of these different buildings and all these images over me. So you're not going to be able to see anything. Basically what ends up happening is a few days later, she gets the photo back and there are no images covering her. She is completely naked and She's, I mean, flipping. She feels really, really violated. She's on the phone with Chris. She's on the phone with her management team. And she's basically saying, you know, I just don't want people to say that this is all she's good for. All she's good for is being naked. And of course, I mean, she's still dealing with a lot of the trauma from the sex tape. Don't forget also the Playboy shoot. So it was kind of like her worst fear coming to reality, which was that she was going to be taken advantage of. For her body. And so you're really watching her kind of process that. Of course, a little bit later on, we get to where she actually accepts it, which we'll get to in a second. But I just found that that moment of when she first saw the photos and she's really freaked out. I mean, she's very, very upset. I just thought it was very jarring to kind of watch.
1: Well, there were two things that were going on here. Because the first is that she felt extremely violated. Like, she was promised that the shoot would be one way, and she was told that she would be naked for the shoot, yes, but she would be covered in silver paint, and there would be art covering her whole body, and she, it wouldn't really be a nudity shoot. And she was essentially lied to. So, like, there was that violation of her body. And the other thing that was happening here was it wasn't necessarily that Kim herself, like, internally was opposed to nude shoots. It was that she was so preoccupied and consumed by the way that people were going to perceive them and that the public was going to think that all she was good for was her body. All she knew how to do was be naked. All she knew how to do was be this sex object. And that is not what she wanted. She was still building her brand at this time. And so, you know, you see this version of Kim now in current day 2022, where so many of the interviews she's been giving lately is her talking about how. You know, it took her a really long time to get to this place, but the place she's happiest in her career is to be able to say, like, fuck what anybody else thinks. I'm just going to do what I want. And I think that one of the main things that applies to is the shoots that she does. If she wants to be naked, she's going to be naked. It has nothing to do with the way the public's going to perceive her. And she's. it took her a while, but she's finally gotten to a point where she's over what is the public reaction going to be to every single little thing I do. And that was the reason aside from the violation she felt, which was very real, that she had such a difficult time processing the way the shoot went down. Totally. And you see at the end of this episode how she completely comes around and she's like, you know what? Fuck it.
0: This is iconic. I love it. I don't care what other people are going to think. Which obviously, as the years have gone on, she has really internalized that mantra. And I actually think she doesn't just say it. I think she really does believe it. But to your earlier point, I think the other thing that was going on here was that I don't believe she felt like she proved herself, quote, in other aspects of her career that this wouldn't take the main focus away. Whereas now she can do a new shoot and it's just one of many other things that she's doing. I don't think she felt at this point that she had a... I don't know, well-rounded enough roster of things that were on her plate where this wouldn't be the main focus. And so it's a combination of just like really embracing the fuck it attitude, but I think also just naturally accomplishing what she has accomplished in her career where I don't think she feels the nudity is the main thing. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with the nudity being the main thing if it were to be. I just think that that was part of her
1: mindset. Yeah, and I think one of the things that was also potentially happening in terms of her maybe not having, quote, enough to back up her career or enough going on to really round it out is... It's not necessarily that that was the case, that she didn't have a lot going on. I think it was kind of like that same mindset of like, you can get a million positive comments and the one negative one is going to really ruin your day. Like she could have a million projects going on. The way that the internet is going to react to the one thing she did that was deemed to be sexual or exploitative or whatever it was that she thought was going through her mind at the time, that was going to be the thing that she focused on the most because that's what the internet was going to be the loudest about
0: for sure. And I mean, as the years have gone on just to watch her take her power back, I find to be very inspiring. And even at the end of this one, she's like, you know what? I've learned my lesson. I'm never getting naked again, even if it's Vogue. And then she's like, okay, maybe not if it's Vogue. And it's just so funny to hear her talk about Vogue as the North Star, which by the way, I I still think she would consider the North Star. But if somebody could tell her, you are going to grace the cover of US Vogue multiple times. You are going to be on other issues of Vogue various times, and you're going to be relatively close with Anna Wintour. It's just so crazy watching this moment in time where Vogue truly felt otherworldly. And not saying that she is numb to it now. I still think it's exciting every time, but God, if you could only tell her
1: she was going to be the star of the Met Gala. The way she talks about Vogue is so interesting in these earlier seasons or really any cover. Like for her, it was a huge deal. This shoot that she had done was for W Magazine. And she was like, it's the ultimate like fashion shoot. Like, because for her at the time, it was still insane that she would be having this moment that this magazine would want her. And the way she talks about Vogue in the early seasons isn't even necessarily like it's the North Star. It was like, because like the North Star in your mind is still kind of attainable. Like it's the thing you're you're working towards. I think in Kim's mind, as much confidence as she had in herself, that was just out of the picture. And the contrast of hearing her talk about it is so crazy, especially when you wake up in the morning and you check your phone today and there's Kim on the cover of Vogue again. I know, literally as
0: we are recording this she just posted the Vogue Hong Kong. It's it's wild. I love when stuff like that happens. It's it just shows you the you know how full circle this is extremely. Wait, one other thing before we get into the Scott plotline line it's just funny when she's showing Courtney and Chloe and Scott the photos and he's like I literally can't look at this. I mean, it, it, you are straight up naked. Very similar vibe to Brody Jenner walking in on her in Bora Bora when she was taking the photos for Kanye.
1: Yes, totally. Except it's almost like strangely like more brotherly with Scott than it is with Brody.
0: It's significantly more brotherly with Scott. Brody Brody was the one that, remember after it was like, you got a half chub from Kim?
1: I mean, listen, you can't blame <laughs> I wouldn't blame Scott either. I mean, least, listen, they're not, they're step siblings, not real siblings. And Scott is not even technically an in-law sibling. So it's it's all kind of kosher there without actually being at all a little bit, even tiny bit kosher. <laughs> It's so funny. Scott's like, I cannot
0: be looking at this. Like it was just watching his entire body react in the moment. I just, I was obsessed with that.
1: Although if it was Chloe now, Scott would be all over it. (laughs) All over it.
0: (laughs) So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day, I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, This is your space that you're living in. So Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters. So you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer, dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer, dryer is like hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Honestly, this second plotline can really all be summed up into this one scene. And as we know, Courtney and Scott are doing a lot better. She actually invites him to live in her room with her. And so they're at this club and they're all hanging out. This is after the entire debacle with the magazines. So they're trying to blow off some steam. And this guy comes up to Kim asking for a photo. And of course she takes the photo. And a moment later, his girlfriend comes up and basically starts to give Kim an issue. She's obviously very jealous it starts to escalate. And this woman really starts to fight with Kim. So Scott sees this going on. He gets up from the club. He walks over. And long story short, he basically ends up getting into a fight with the guy and they all leave the club. No one actually gets hurt, but it's, you know, people are holding people back. It starts to get intense. Courtney's in the bathroom during all of this. So she walks out of the bathroom and Scott's like in the middle of the scuffle. (laughs) Did I I just use the word scuffle? (laughs) And it was the worst timing ever for him because she didn't see the lead up. She didn't see how he was actually defending Kim. So of course she walks out and she's like, here he goes again. So they get out of the club and she's pissed. So she gets into the car with Kim and Chloe and she's like, I just want to go home. Fuck Scott. And Chloe and Kim are trying to tell her Scott was just defending Kim. Like we can't leave him here. And Courtney does not want to hear it. She is just done. I mean, she's seeing red. She really is not thinking at all logically. So they get back to the hotel room. Scott tries to get into bed with her. She won't even open the door. Okay. The next day, same type of situation. She's unwilling to have a conversation with him. And I think what was so frustrating for her is that Chloe is saying, like, I have no reason to defend Scott. You've seen. I never want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I was there. I was watching what went on. You were in the bathroom. He was trying to defend your sister. So to punish him for that, it's just, you know, it's factually wrong. And she ends up going to lunch with Scott. He kind of explains himself, but still, she's really not giving him a pass. She feels like even the fact that he was caught up in any of this is a huge red flag. And listen, of course, it ends up resolving itself. But I was so frustrated on Scott's behalf in this episode and in these moments because the last thing he wanted was to get into a fight. It wasn't it wasn't something that occurred from him being too drunk. It was the fact that he was feeling a sense of protectiveness over Kim. And to me, if I'm Courtney, I find that to be so attractive and kind of so noble. So it was just like, give the guy a fucking break. I understand your frustration, but this is not one of
1: those times. It was the clearest example of how fragile their relationship still was because Something that continuously happened is that even in these moments, which were kind of far and few between, where it was questionable about Scott's role in something like he, you know, maybe didn't do the right thing, but his intentions were right. She always saw the worst in him. And that always just signified the fact that that's how she saw him even at his best, was able to see those negative qualities in him. And, you know, even if she put them out of her mind for a moment, they always ended up coming back. So that was really the first thing that was going on. The other thing at play here that was almost more interesting than what was going on between Courtney and Scott and the way that they saw each other was Scott has spent the past six seasons of Kardashians talking about how Courtney's family is such a headache to him. Like everything, he wants to get away from them. He wants to move to New York. He wants just a moment without them. He's constantly bothered by them and weighed down by the opinions of them and can't escape them. Like this has been a constant for Scott. But you finally saw that when push comes to shove, the second that there is an issue, Scott stepped in and was like, this is my family. Like I will protect them at all costs. And I think that was a real turning point in terms of not only his relationship with Kim and Chloe. But it was a real turning point in terms of how he saw the family and how he saw his place in it. Totally.
0: He felt that responsibility of this is my sister. And for all intents and purposes, I am the brother figure here. And I just, it's not an option. Something is going on with her. I'm stepping in here to protect her. And all of the politics and the bullshit in the family honestly was irrelevant to him because he just felt like he is deep enough in this family where that's what's expected of him. So to do something that he was doing really, because he felt like it was the morally correct thing to do and what he just felt naturally inclined to do because he felt so protective over Kim to then be punished for that. I think he was honestly shocked. Like, I think he had a little bit of whiplash because Courtney was just being so obviously out of line here, you know? And I understood, of course, where she was coming from. I get that he basically traumatized her. Of course, when she walks out of the bathroom and she sees that he's involved in some sort of a fight and she doesn't know the background, I get her immediate reaction. What I couldn't get behind was when Chloe, who is... Arguably, Scott's harshest critic is saying to her, Court, I'm telling you he was defending Kim. To me, that should have been enough for her to be like, you know what, I'm going to give
1: myself grace for
0: being pissed initially, but I'm sorry you were right.
1: Right. And the biggest change you can see in Scott is that the old Scott, even if he was doing the right thing in this moment and defending Kim three seasons ago, if Courtney was upset, he would have fought his case to the ground. He would have gotten, that would have made him so mad. It would have escalated the situation more. And he would have fought tooth and nail to say, I was right. I'm not apologizing. I'm not backing down. Like he would have really lost it. And instead of doing that, even though he knew he was in the right, he came home and he immediately said to Kim and Chloe, hey, I'm, I'm sorry if I was out of line here. Like I, I really thought I was doing the right thing. And they were the ones that assured him like, no, we we appreciate it. Like you did the right thing. You did the brotherly thing. You protected me in that moment. And like, you were not out of line and Courtney will come around. And for him to just so immediately have a reaction of like, well, maybe I, I wasn't right, was the first time I've ever seen Scott do that. Right, he wasn't coming
0: from his ego. He wasn't automatically on the defense and I honestly think the biggest shift aside from, you know, the fact that he has just evolved naturally over the seasons is that he didn't feel like no matter what he did Kim and Chloe were coming for him. Like I think he could feel that they were giving him the benefit of the doubt. He could feel that they weren't attacking him and so, you know, in previous seasons when he knew that no matter what he did they weren't going to be on his side, it, he didn't have a reason to try. Whereas here, I felt like he could take a step back and he didn't need to be so defensive because he wasn't fighting against people that just wanted to see him for his wrongdoings. Like the, the fight with Courtney, he was actually willing to handle, I think, more civilly because he didn't have the unnecessary steam coming from him and Chloe. And I swear to God, I think that them being so reasonable and them being so like rational about what happened, honestly gave him the power to be able to handle this more calmly. And Obviously, he should be able to handle it calmly regardless, but I feel like that was the biggest shift in terms of the way that he went about this.
1: It absolutely was, and that was one of the conversations that we had every time we were talking about Scott in these early seasons, and it's going to be a conversation we continue to have as we watch the show and and progress through the seasons, but... Scott responds so well to positive reinforcement, like he responds so well to somebody acknowledging the things he's done. And obviously, when you grow up, you should be able to do things without that being the case, you should just do things because they're the right thing to do. And you know what to do. And that should be it. But something with Scott is that he hadn't gotten to that point yet. And he was having a lot of trouble, but he was really working on himself. And so all he wanted was for somebody to say to him like i acknowledge that and i see that and like i'm proud of you and you're doing a good job like that's what he craved and needed so badly so in this moment even if Courtney wasn't giving that to him, Chloe and Kim were. And he was able to handle the situation so calmly and be able to be really rational about it because he was getting the thing that he craved the most, which was the positive reinforcement from the rest of the family. And I think there were times where he actually craved it more from the rest of the family than he did from Courtney. I think he knew that no matter what happened, he would be able to get Courtney back on his side, which is probably why he struggles so much now with. Her relationship with Travis or you know that's what it seems like obviously from what we've seen because he's finally gotten to that point where he realized he can't do that he can't just win her back he can't just quote manipulate the situation to get the outcome that he's always expected and wanted but I think in the early seasons that worked for him and he knew that it was the rest of the family that he had such a hard time getting on board And so to be able to get that positive reinforcement from them was like, wow, this thing that I'm working on is really working.
0: Yes, and it felt so good. And even, exactly, like even in the midst of all this chaos, I still think he could take that in. And like, you know how much of an alternate reality we have to be living in that when Courtney kicks him out of her room, she won't even open the door. Instead of him sleeping on the couch, Chloe says, here, here's my room key. You sleep in my bed. I'm going to sleep with Kim. Like That is an absolute 180 from where we were at in Miami. And that's not just a change in Chloe. It's clearly a change in Chloe because of a change in Scott. Like She was responding directly to him. So it was both of them. But yeah, I mean, watching this after watching Miami was wild and listen, we know how it ends up. She ends up working it out with Courtney, but that was the part that was far more interesting. The the Courtney and Scott plotline was neither here nor there. We knew it was going to end up with that you're so right. It was so much more watching the evolution with Chloe and Kim that I could feel his like
1: vicarious sense of ease throughout that whole thing. Right, like when they are mad at him, they are not his family. The second, literally the second they give him any sort of validation, he is full in it like fully in this is my family I will do anything for them I will protect them like these are the most important people in my life and like he's like a little boy in those moments like you really see that come through in terms of what he craves and like that level of love and connection and so it's just interesting because there's a lot of things about Scott that have changed throughout the years and continue to change I think that aspect of him has stayed true and true the same the whole time
0: Well, you have to remember also, if anything, it only intensified actually because of the loss of his parents. You know, you revert back to, you can, I should say, you can revert back to some childlike tendencies of needing approval when you are not getting that approval that you would get from your parents. Because no matter how old you get, there's still a certain thing that you get from your parents that you cannot get from anyone else in your life. And so naturally, when that's taken from you, you look for it in other ways. So I'd actually go as far as to say, even as Scott has gotten more successful in every area of his life. I don't think that that area has changed. If anything, it's intensified. And by the way, I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm very, very sensitive to that. I know what that's like in some ways. And so I think he's
1: just acknowledged it more. Absolutely. I completely agree. You know what the craziest part of this episode was though, out of anything, was this Mm -hmm. girl at the club thinking that Kim would have actually fucked her boyfriend. I know. It was like she was giving herself the ultimate
0: compliment that here's Kim Kardashian who's willing to fight with her over this fucking guy. Like, okay.
1: (laughs) I mean, it was, that was cracking me up. I was like, they had to have paid these people because there's no way that this girl thought that her boyfriend was actually going to pull Kim Kardashian in this moment. I'm telling you something
0: though. Jealousy in those moments makes you do crazy things.
1: I honestly think that the only reaction to seeing your boyfriend talk to Kim Kardashian, and even if you perceive it as going well, like you're like, oh, wow, there's like a chance he may pull this off. The only reaction to that is like, you know what? You earned that. Like, good for you. It's either three of us or the two of you. And I'm just happy for you either way. <laughs> right, exactly. Whereas she just came in like a bad out of hell, and Kim was like, "Wait,
0: what?" <laughs> like, she Kim could not even conceptualize in her mind how she could be in any of the wrong because here she was just like innocently getting up to take a picture with exactly what he was—a fan. The, yeah, hilarious. Talk about someone acting from their ego. True. Anyway, anything else you would like to mention about this episode?
1: No, I think that's it. I just cannot wait to continue watching this season. I'm absolutely obsessed. And also a really important note that we probably should have said in the beginning is that I don't know if this is the case for everybody, but I can't find it on any other platform other than Apple TV. So if you want to watch along, that is probably the best place to find it. But you know
0: what's really weird which I didn't even say this to you. Last time when we watched the first episode, I bought it on Amazon. And then when I went back, I couldn't get it on Amazon. It was like taken off over
1: the course of a week. Oh, that's interesting. See, I could never find it on Amazon. I only watched it on Apple TV.
0: Yeah, no, I bought the last one on Amazon, which I thought was just so weird. So it must've been in the last week or so that it was taken off. Absolutely bizarre. Yeah. Okay, Well, I think that's all. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and for letting us do this. And we'll see you next week.